0: Good morning. morning. Welcome to the second week of a series called I Quit, where we're talking about some things that if we could just say those two words in our lives, it would really help us live the life that God has for each of us. Last week, we talked about what, what life would be like if we would just say, I quit comparing and we stopped living our lives ...compared to everybody else's. If you missed that part of our series as we kick this new series off... ...please go on our website, click on listen... ...and navigate down uh, to last week and have a listen to that. Well today we're talking about something else that everybody deals with. And if everybody could say, I quit to this... ...it would really help us get to the life God wants us to have. If we could just say, I quit living in fear... Because when it comes to fear, everybody identifies, everybody deals with it. You could probably share story after story in your life about how you've had to deal with fear. A few years ago, I took my now 17-year-old daughter with me to the Dominican Republic to look at a ministry there that we were considering partnering with that worked with kids in the slums of Santa Domingo. And we were just looking at the ministry, seeing what it was like. And we show up at 11 o'clock at night. It's pitch black. The guy that's hosting us takes us down this really dark alley to this compound that has a locked gate. We open the gate. We go in. We go up to the second floor. And he said, now, you all are here tonight. And there's nobody else in this huge building but you. And I'm about a mile down the street. And he's the only one in the circle that knew Spanish, except Molly had seventh grade worth Spanish. So we weren't getting far on that. And so he leaves us there. It goes a mile down the road. And he said, don't worry about the noises you hear. People party in this neighborhood all night long. And so it'll be kind of loud. And, and so I don't want to show my fear to my daughter because I'm supposed to be the protector. And we're getting ready for bed. We lay down. And all I hear is just noise outside. People screaming and yelling. And this is me all night. The whole night. She's sleeping like a baby probably. And I'm just sitting there because I'm running through in my mind. Well, what if this happens? What if somebody breaks in? What if somebody saw two Americans go in, a man and a little girl, and they want to come and do something or take her or there's not much I could do. And so I laid there all night, gripped with fear about what could happen. I would look down at the door. And if you know me, I have this thing with germs and bugs and all that. and, And the door was cracked about that much at the bottom where a pretty large animal could have crawled under there quite easily. So I'm looking at that. I'm hearing people partying. I didn't sleep a wink. I was worried and in fear the whole night. Well, we make it through the night. Daylight comes and we got to walk almost a mile to this guy's house. And I'm thinking, okay, it's daylight. So I feel a little bit better, but I'm still afraid. And as we walk down this little narrow street and people start to say welcome. Because they knew about this ministry and they knew what a great job it did in their community. And as people started to to come out and shake my hand and, and ask us how we were doing, a lot of them knew English and, and I, my fear started to go away. And I figured out all of that fear that I spent the entire night letting run through my spirit was not even warranted. I was never really in danger. A lot of people walk through life in fear Of something that they're probably not even in danger of anyway. Fear will keep us from living the life that God has for us. And yet every single one of us deal with fear. If I wanted to just fill your hearts with fear right now, I would put a microphone right here and say, Hey, come up and tell us how your day's going. Tell us where you're taking mom for lunch or what you're going to do with your, your wife and kids today. Why don't you, you got five minutes, now go. And over and over again, when you ask people, what's your greatest fear? Speaking in public, that's my greatest fear. And your hands would get sweaty and your knees would start to shake. And it's kind of weird. I would enjoy watching people be afraid. I don't know why. I actually enjoy scaring people. My youngest will not go to bed without the closet door closed, the bathroom door closed, the hallway door closed. And, and... You know, I said, I'm going to talk about that today. Honey, is that okay? And she's like, yeah, but I know what she's thinking. It's your fault because you scare me. So I want to make sure dad can't get in. Dad's not hidden anywhere. But some people go through life with this fear that something is around the corner that's going to get them or scare them or happen. And as I enjoy scaring people, probably the person I enjoy scaring the most is Rob Perry. He's our site pastor here, if you don't know Rob. He's a little jumpy anyway, just a little bit. And so he's a really easy scare. You walk up behind him, hey, what's going on? And he'll jump. And I've taken advantage of that many, many times in our office environment. A few weeks ago, we were at a conference. One of our other pastors, Mark Wilschlager, was with me. And I said, there comes Rob. I'm going to get beside of his car. I'm going to jump out and scare him. Tape this. Let's get a video of this. I didn't know what I was going to do with it, but now I do, that I'm talking about fear. So take a look at Rob being scared. (laughs) 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 He loves me. (laughs) it's okay to think, well, there's something around the corner that might get me. So if you're Rob and you're around me, that's legitimate. But a lot of people go through life afraid of things that really aren't there, that really are not reality, that really hold them back from living the life that God has for us. When you think about our fears, there's really just a few different categories we could put each fear that we deal with in. One fear that people really struggle with is fear of losing control. You want to be in control. You want to know that, hey, I'm in control of the situation. And when I'm not, I get scared. People fear rejection. Hey, I, I don't want to be rejected. I want to, feel, I want to feel accepted by my peers, by other people. So some people walk through life living with this fear of other people rejecting them. And those are the kind of people you go away from a conversation and you think, oh gosh, did I say the wrong thing? And you run the conversation. you don't do that, right? Nobody ever does that. You just run the conversation over and over in your mind. And you're thinking, oh, I can't believe I said that. Are they going to like me anymore? People also feel fear failure. A lot of people don't take their next step and where they need to go in life or what they need to do because they're afraid of failing because they're afraid of the unknown. They won't take a step, so they don't do anything. I don't know. I'm not going to get on a plane because, hey, it might crash. I'm not going to do this because, hey, that might happen. I'm not going to let my husband buy a motorcycle because he might get hurt. That was an inside thought. Can't believe I let that come out. So if you see my wife, tell her, so you're afraid. Didn't work. I tried that one already. I was putting it together. But people live in fear of the unknown because, hey, something bad might happen. And that's not any way to live. Living in fear is no life at all. And the Bible talks to us about what it's like to get rid of living in fear. There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now. If you don't have one, raise your hand. Ushers will give you one. It's yours to keep if you would like it. If you'd just like to borrow it and follow along as I read today, you can do that as well. Probably one of the most well-known characters in the Old Testament is a guy named Moses. People who don't even go to church, maybe never open their Bible, they've probably heard of this guy named Moses. Moses was a guy chosen by God to lead his people out of slavery in Egypt into the promised land. And the way God revealed this to Moses was Moses was in the desert and he goes by this bush that was burning, yet it wasn't burning up. And so Moses listens, and God begins to communicate. And what God says to Moses is, I want you to go lead my people out of slavery into freedom. And so immediately, Moses' heart is gripped with fear. And he starts saying, hey, are you sure you got the right person, God? Because there's got to be somebody else that can do a better job at this. And he starts making excuse after excuse after excuse. And then in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1, it says this. Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? See, those are two words that will keep you living in fear. What if? What if causes us to fear? See, fear is not really the opposite of faith. Fear is very much like faith. It's just fear in the negative. It's just faith in the negative. It's just fear in the wrong things. It's fearing and trusting in what might happen bad. It's saying, what if? What if the economy goes down? What if I lose my job? What if she leaves me? What if he gets fed up with me? What if? What if? What if I fail? What if I ask her and she says no? See, usually when we start a thought with what if, it's not the positive. It's not like, hey, what if we have an awesome marriage? What if we really have fun on this vacation, kids? Well, what if, we, what if life just works out so wonderfully, we just can't stand it? Usually, when we say what if, it's followed by a negative, a challenge, a fear. And you can what if your life into a life of fear. I used to be scared to death to get in front of people and talk. I can remember when I first started going to church and sitting in a circle studying the Bible with people, I, I kind of timed it out when the leader of the Bible study would ask for somebody to, to say a prayer. And I just thought, I'm so messed up, I can't say a prayer in front of people. And so I knew about when it was and I would get up and go to the bathroom. So I wouldn't have to speak in front of like 20 people and, and, and much less, I'd be talking to God in front of people and I didn't feel worthy to do any of that and I just wouldn't do it. And it scared me to death. And then when God kept giving me opportunities to lead, opportunities to speak, I was still scared to death. And I would still be filled with fear. Even I can remember when I first started getting up, I would say to my wife, Oh, this is horrible. Why would anybody want to listen to this? Why would anybody care what, what I have to say? Why would this even matter? What? And I would run all of these scenarios like, Okay, somebody's going to fall asleep. Somebody's going to be checking their phone." Somebody's going to be taking notes. Somebody's going to be having a conversation. Somebody's going to be answering their phone. All of which has happened as I've been speaking. What if nobody comes back? What if my country accent comes out accidentally? What if I say something grammatically incorrect? And literally, I would lay in bed at night and go, Oh, I can't believe I said that. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that. And then all of a sudden, my what if turned into, hey, that's the area where I really need some work because God can take my what ifs and show me where I need to improve and show me where I need to change and show me where I need to trust. See, the value of fear and the value of saying what if is not to live that way, but allow God to point out in you the areas in life where you need to change. For me, I was putting way too much pressure on me. Like I'm all that important. I was thinking, hey, what what if it doesn't work right? What if I don't say the right thing? Instead of saying, God, speak through my abilities, but also speak through my inabilities. Speak through the things I say that make no sense. Speak through me one way or another. And that fear showed me where I needed to think differently. And so when fear comes into our lives, we can use it or let it use us. We can use it to say, okay, I'm really afraid, I'm really worrying, I'm going over and over in my mind, I just can't stop. So this must be an indicator of some place, some things I need to change in my life. See, what if reveals our lack of trust. And if you're taking notes, write this down. What I fear the most keeps me from connecting with God. The things that I fear, it can become a barrier between me and God because what I fear the most reveals what I value the most. So if my fear is, oh no, what if the economy tanks? What if the stock market goes down? What if I lose my job? Then, what does that mean? You value security. You value money. And you you value being in control. Or if you think... Oh no! What if this person's in charge politically? It needs to be that person because they think like me, and that's the right way, and that's the wrong way. And you just obsess and worry over and over about things like like politics. Then that means you are fearing losing control. Now, to an extent, fearing for the safety of our kids, that's a good thing. But some people take it too far. So it's like, honey, don't don't go outside. Don't climb that tree. Don't get on top of the house. That rope swing is too high. Don't ride your bike like that. I put $5,000 into your mouth and what if you fall and hit the pavement? So some fear is okay. But even we can even obsess about that too much. To our lives are just gripped with it. Fear also reveals where I trust God the least. And when we fear in an area or in all of our lives, what we're saying is, hey, God, I can handle this. I got this. I tell you what, God, I'm going to stay up all night long and I'm going to wake up at 2, at 3.30, at 4, at 5.15. I'm going to worry about this for you. And you don't have to worry, God, because you've got a lot to do. I'm just going to worry all night long and I'm just going to live in fear You will never talk to anyone who has gotten through a very difficult time in life and say, how did you get through that? I worried. How did you handle that? We were afraid. We talked about our fears all the time, and we were just saying, oh, we're so afraid, and that's the only way to get through this is to just live gripped in fear. But fear reveals where I trust God the least because if you're a follower of Christ, you need to soak in the words of Jesus when he says, Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? I had to own my fears and realize the areas of my fear are really the areas where I don't trust God. And now you might be thinking, great, Donnie, I came in fearing and then you added guilt to it. So I'm afraid and I feel bad about it. So it's double Fear and guilt can be good things. The same way pain in an area of our body can be a really good thing because it shows us where a problem is. It shows us where you need to change or correct. It shows you maybe how you need to change some actions or attitudes or whatever. If you're backed up against the stove and you feel, ouch, that's hot, that's a good thing that you felt that. You don't want to burn yourself to death. So when you start to feel a little guilt and a little bit of fear or even a lot... In small doses, temporarily, it's a really good thing. If it can lead us to trusting God. Fear can also cause us to make some really bad decisions. Fear that I'm going to have to spend the rest of my life alone, so I'll just marry the first guy that shows any interest and asks. There's a lot of people that have done that. And I bet they wish they could go back. And they're thinking... (laughs) They're thinking marriage we're talking about marriage in a few weeks all right help you with that but I hope they wish they could go back and think I wish I could do that again I just made that decision out of fear or you think I got to get mine I got to get my car my house my vacation my whatever and if I've got to go in unmanageable debt to be able to do it I'm going to do it because I fear not getting the stuff that I want and so we make a really bad decision financially or especially you teenagers And college kids, and really all of us deal with this, we fear that we're not going to be accepted. And so we get into an environment where we make decisions and do things and say things and act in certain ways that we know better. That we know is going to lead us down the wrong path. But we say yes because we want to be accepted because this fear of rejection. So fear will lead you to make some really bad decisions. There's a king in the Old Testament named David. And David became king after a guy named King Saul. And King Saul was a good guy to begin with. but became a very jealous, fearful king. So much so that he wanted to kill who was going to be his predecessor, who was David. And he was chasing David through the desert, trying to find him so he could kill him. And David recalls it and says this in Psalm 56. My slanderers pursue me all day long. Many are attacking me in their pride. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, whose word I praise and God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? David doesn't say, hey, if I get scared, God, I'll be, I'll be around, okay? If fear comes over me, God, I'll, I'll, I'll be there and I want you to be there for me. King David, who was brave and a warrior and and, and a great fighter and a great man of God, said, When I am afraid. So when we are afraid, we would do well to follow the advice of a man who followed God's own heart and say, God, when I'm afraid, I'm just going to trust in you. And if you're just checking out church, or you're skeptical of this whole church thing, that may sound like, okay, great, just trust God. I would expect a preacher to say that when I'm afraid. But even people who are far from God, who don't believe in Him, who are very skeptical of the whole church thing, the whole Jesus thing, would say, living in fear is no way to live. And so David gives us this advice, trust God. Because at the end of the day, what can mortal man do to us? See, David made a choice to quit fearing and start trusting. Here's a couple of other scriptures that, write this reference down because these will help you in your times of fear. Psalm 34 verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. And the Apostle Paul, when talking to people when talking to a guy named Timothy who was going to be sharing the message of Christ. wanted Timothy to know when people follow Christ, there's this supernatural blessing, power, guidance given. And he says it like this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. You may be facing the most difficult time in your life. But the scriptures say, when you trust in Christ, you receive this power to overcome whatever fear may come your way. See, living in fear is a fight that you can't win no matter who you are and no matter what you believe. And so over and over again, God tells us through the scriptures, trust in me. I got this. I can handle this. And so Moses gets this direction from God to go and free the Israelites. And he does. And when he goes to free them, some of them want to go, some don't. Many are doubters, but they all end up following Moses into the desert after Pharaoh, the Egyptian Pharaoh, let them go. Pharaoh gets them out of the city. They get out into the desert. The Red Sea is on one side. And then Pharaoh says, forget it. Let's go kill him. And so he sends his army. And here are the Israelites, camped on the banks of the Red Sea, no way out except behind them. And behind them comes an army that wants to kill them. So they begin to be overcome and gripped with fear. And they start to grumble. Because there's no way out. None of them could swim. And here's an army behind us. We're going to die. It sounds like they had a reason to be afraid. They had a reason to be full of fear. And so they start to grumble. And here's what they say to Moses. They say, didn't we tell you this would happen when we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. So somewhere along Moses' journey, he stopped trusting in the what ifs and stopped running the what if scenarios through his mind over and over and over again. And he started to say, look, it may look like there's no way out. There's a sea on this side. There's an army that wants to kill us behind us. But you need to calm down because God is going to fight for us. And at this point, Moses wouldn't have known what was going to happen. He just knew who would deliver them. He didn't know how. He just knew who. And he was saying, stay calm. Stop worrying. Stop living in fear. God is going to fight for us today. And if you keep reading, that's the scene. Where he walks up to the Red Sea and he spreads out his staff and it spreads open and they walk through on dry land. And then the the Egyptian army tries to come in behind him and God closes the Red Sea and the army is destroyed. And the people who were scared to death just a little bit before that are now on dry ground on the other side, delivered by God. So when you're gripped in fear, when you don't know what the next step is supposed to be, when you don't know what your next step is, you don't even know what to think. And you're looking at your Red Sea. And you, your enemy is behind you. Take Moses' advice. Stay calm. Don't start running the world. Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? Just stay calm. Because the Lord himself will fight for you. God has already fought for every person in this room. Whether you believe in him or live like you believe in him or not. He fought for you when he sent Jesus from heaven to earth to die in our place to shed his blood for our sins. That's the message of the gospel. And then Jesus, when he's in his ministry, is trying to communicate that to people. And he's saying there's a thief that comes to kill and destroy, to still kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I came so you can have life. So, Jesus is our Red Sea that was parted. He is the one that gives us deliverance, that gives us deliverance from our fears and our worries. And that's available to every single person. God did that so we don't have to live in fear. So, I challenge you today as you start your week to think okay, fear, I quit, I'm done. I'm not living in this anymore. And when the what ifs start to roll into your mind and you start tossing and turning at night, trying to get through another night because of your fear and your worry, just think God himself will fight for me. And look at fear and say, I quit. Let's pray. God, thank you for your words that build us up. And thank you for fighting for us. Thank you for sending Jesus to fight for us. I pray this in his name. Amen.